<laughs> it was a great joy for me to welcome Ian Johnson here today. Great to have you here. He's a revivalist. He's ministered through the nation, carries a joy and a passion of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I just come to love him straight away as soon as I met him. Hadn't met him before, but you know, some people just know them in their hearts straight away. And uh, he's a great man of God with a passion for revival in the nation. Let's give him a great clap as he comes up to minister. Praise the Lord. If I had known I was going to be on the screen, I would have taken more time with my hair and makeup. <laughs> yeah, a bit of photoshopping. So um, I, just, I just want to um, say something. I don't want to waste too much time, but um, I, I feel um, I had a, like a real open vision in the church, and I just want to encourage you that um, because I, I thought, well, I'm not sure how this fits, and, but God always knows, doesn't he? So, uh, and so the vision that I had was, um, there was this like, like a a real godly stairway that represented the acceleration that this church has been in for a number of years. And I, it was just, it was a good thing. It was like, you know, and you can see by, you know, the people here that, you know, God has been accelerating stuff here. And then it came to, a, you know, when a, when a staircase changes direction, um, it, there's a, like a landing. The landing wasn't overly big, but the direction changed. And, uh, and then the acceleration was just as incredible up the other side. So I just want to confirm what happened this morning and what's, you know, the things that are in your heart about the change that God wants to bring to the church because I see tremendous acceleration coming out of what you're doing. But the one thing I will say is that the landing is not overly big. So there's, and there's, and there's, no, there's no second down, you know, there's no, um, no downstairs, you know, into, a, into, the, into the servants' quarters. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's not a lot of choice. You know, God, God is in this, and, and he's going to accelerate you. And if you, if you loiter on the landing, you'll get squashed, because I can just see the whole thing moving up. You know, everything is moving up. So this just, you know, just brought clarity for me about what I was seeing. So I just want to encourage you that, you know, um, and it's exciting, because one of the things that I see as I travel around New Zealand is the lack of fathering in the church. It's just a huge issue in New Zealand. And, um, and um, you know, I find myself, you know, at all sorts of churches and I, you know, find myself, you know, having to be a father to the pastors because nobody's fathering them. So, you know, and then, you know, so when I see a church putting something in place to father, that's so exciting. So exciting. Hello, anyway. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, if you feel as though you're going around in circles this morning, you probably are. Because God thinks differently than you do. You know, you think in straight lines, God thinks in circles. God thinks in tides, times, and seasons. And obviously you're in a season in your church right now, and I can see now why the Lord asked me to speak this word, because you're in a change of season. But... Uh, you know, God, so God thinks in times, times, and seasons. So if you're sitting in the building this morning and you're thinking, man, I just feel like I'm going around in circles, well, that's probably a good thing because God's probably in there somewhere because God thinks differently than you do. In fact, the scripture in Isaiah 55, if you'd like to put it up, uh, verse 8 to 11, I'll read it quickly, is that 
My thoughts are completely different from your thoughts, says the Lord. <laughs> My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from heaven and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It's the same with my word. I send it out. It'll always produce fruit. I like that. When God's word goes out, it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. It's raining. Seasons change. God thinks differently you. You think in straight lines, he thinks in circles. I just, I just want to back it up with another, with another scripture. Psalm 23, verse 3 and 4, he said, He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. I'm not sure what version you've got up there. Um, Even when I walk through the valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you're close beside me. In other words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, the whole thing about that is, and I need to read another psalm just to establish something. Psalm 65, verse 11. You crown the year with bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. So there's a word that is used in both those scriptures. It's the paths of the Lord or the pathways of the Lord. And you've got to understand that when, when you think pathways or Greeks thinking as thinks pathways, we think, you know, a nice country lane with, you know, blackbirds singing in the bush and, you know, no traffic on the road, a couple of sheep going by on the side and, you know, lovely little pathway. But God thinks in circles, and actually the word in Hebrew for pathways is magalah, and it actually means the circle of the camp. So what's been translated as pathways is circle of the camp. So God will lead you through the circle of the camp, even for his own namesake. God will crown your year with the circle of the camp to bring your provision. Now, I'm just trying to lay this foundation so that you can understand that God is thinking differently to you. He thinks totally different than me. So the context of the, of the paths is a cycle. You know, it's seasons. God is thinking in tides, times, and seasons, whereas we're thinking in the now. We're thinking upper room outpouring, he's thinking marketplace transformation. You know, we're all camped around Acts chapter 2, looking for an outpouring. You have the Holy Spirit. You have Acts chapter 2 alive in your life. You have the abundance of all that season brought. It's a season that, that, that's continuing. We don't need to sing songs like, Lord, send us another Pentecost, because Pentecost has never stopped. What we need to do is recognize the season that we're in and what the circle of that camp looks like and then exercise our authority in that circle. I want to say to you that the circle of God's camp is much bigger than you think. So if you're thinking that this is a very restrictive word, it's actually a very freeing word. Because when you're on a straight path, 
you know, on a pathway that's just like straight and restricted by fences on either side with lambs going bar and blackbirds in the tree. That's like, that's like a restrictive thing, but the circle of the camp gives you freedom to exercise the purposes of God with God's thinking in a house or in a family or in a church or in your business or in your life. See, this whole God thing uh, that, that, that he wants to bring into you is that our thinking is differently. We think church, he thinks kingdom. And so God is wanting to you know, do what you're doing is outside the four walls of this church. This is where we come to celebrate. This is where we come to rejoice. This is where we come to share the testimony of the goodness of God that he's, you know, done all this stuff out in there. And, you know, I have this real passion for souls in New Zealand, and I have a passion for, for seeing the body of Christ released into the goodness of God, into thinking like God, not into little narrow corridors, but into big wide camps that, that bring an expression of God's heart into the nation. Hallelujah. I'll just retreat behind the pulpit. <laughs> you know, where there's, where there's a revelation. See, the whole deal starts with revelation. See, the church was born in revelation. You know, before the 120, they were sitting in the upper room and they, they, they knew the purposes of God was that he was about to change the season. But they had no understanding what the Holy Spirit would look like when he came. I don't think. I'm sure they didn't. And so here they were waiting for a season change because they read the times and seasons. And I believe right now that, you know, this church and others in the nation, there's a reading that the season's about to change. We don't want to get caught on that landing wondering whether this is God or not. We've got to spin around on the landing and say, yep, this is God. He thinks differently than me. Because he thinks in circles, the, the direction is changing, which means, hey, I've got to go with God or I'm going to get run over by the throne. And it's, it's not a good look. <laughs> oh, it's very hot up here. It's not hot, it's just hot. So where there is revelation, there's manifestations of God's glory. Because manifest, God's manifested presence, you know, rides on the revelation that comes in through what God does in the circle of the camp. I, it's tides, times, and seasons. It's such a strong word that God has given me for this fellowship and for you as individuals in your family lives, in your business, tides, times, and seasons. Tides, times, and seasons. God is in the house right now. His word will not return unto him void. The seeds that have gone out in this place and in your life will not return to him void. They'll bring forth a mighty harvest. God has a harvest in this nation, and he will have his harvest. But it needs the fathers to rise up like I saw this morning as so exciting for me. I, I was meant to be here to see that. I was meant to see that because, because I've got this thing burning in my heart that if you're Joshua and Caleb, 
you know, you know, get off, get off your butt. It's like, you know, God says, I will bless this generation. Take a big deep breath. Are you breathing? Then you're of this generation. You're alive, aren't you? Which means that your job is not over until it's over. So, you know, we can pass some batons on to the younger generation, but I, I want to tell you that as far as I'm concerned, you know, some youngster's going to have to wrestle me down and take my baton off me because I'm not giving it up. I'm going to take my mountain. I'm going to keep pressing through. And I want to encourage you other 40 to 60-year-olds and you others who are in that age group who didn't put your hand up, uh, uh, I want to encourage you that, you know, that, you know, it's not over. God thinks differently than you do, you know, and, and actually if we don't have the fathers in the house and the mothers in the house, then we, we end up being shipwrecked. Because as much as we love the younger generation, they don't know how to drive ships that well. But God's giving them wisdom. And where do they get that wisdom from? It's passed down, like, like Pastor said, from generation to generation. The wisdom comes down from the house. God thinks differently than you think. And God is about to release something in this nation that is just like huge. I've seen the, I've seen the purposes of God over this nation. And it's a little bit different than what a lot of people think, I believe. But it's about to hit. And when it hits, it's no time for standing on the landing. Amen? Hallelujah. Just retreat behind the pulpit. <laughs> See, the journey is an exciting one. It's an exciting journey, this journey that God has got his people on in the circle of the camp. It's an exciting journey. Why? Because, you know, the, the circle is so wide, you've got no idea what's out there on the frontiers of the circle of God's thinking. But the good news is that because God is a God of order, the circle provides a boundary. And so, you know, there's security in the circle of his thinking. Don't think you're going to go out into outer space and you just will never come back. Well, you might, but you, no, you don't, you, you'll never come back because there's actually a circle of God's thinking, God's mind, God's understanding for who you are that's actually, you know, is a safety. You know, God's got you in his hand. He's not going to suddenly say, oh, well, I don't want you in my hand anymore and just sort of cast you aside. That's the good news right there. The one thing that New Zealanders need to begin to get into their heart is that God has saved you. You know, New Zealanders have a, have a huge issue with this condemnation thing where they, where they wonder whether they're saved. Well, the blood of Jesus is good enough, isn't it? And so if he saved you by his blood, then you're saved. We don't have to run around in circles trying to please him because we haven't got time to do that any longer. We've actually got to get over that. Realize that you're saved by grace you're, you know, by, and by faith you take hold of that and run with it in the circle of the camp and then take, take, the, take the turns that God wants you to take in the circles. It's actually not a turn. It's actually you're just going, you know, like it's not, it's not a hard deal. But don't stay on the landing. All right. And God's thinking, God's thinking is church, church is training for intimacy. 
And out of intimacy, he brings reconciliation. Because that's what you want as a church, and actually that's God's heart, is reconciliation to the world. But until we come to that place where we realize that we're secure in him, and I'm sure that many of you do feel that way, but you don't have to be a fancy prophet to realize that there'll be people in this building who are feeling bad about where they're at with God. Hey, God loves you. He's saved you. He's put you on a rock. It's now time to move forward in him. It's okay. Where there's fathers in a house, it's a safe house. That's a good thing right there. All right. In man, so in God's thinking, it's about, a turn, it's, a, it's about intimacy. In man's thinking, church is about uh, meeting my needs. I come to, why do you come to, in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the ultimate interview of the church pew sitter, it's, so why do you come to church? Well, I come to church because my needs are met. Well, that's good, and God will meet your needs in church, but actually that's not the reason. God will meet your needs, you know, under the tank stand. That's a story in itself. I used to get locked under the tank stand when I was naughty. <laughs> God will meet your needs right there. Yeah. So, in our life, God is more concerned about the process than we are. This is because God thinks differently than you do. Are we starting to understand that God thinks differently than you do? God thinks totally different than you do. He sees everything from an eternal point of view. So, the reason we don't understand the journey is because he's thinking different than us. See, we think, he's thinking, oh, I better, I better read this because it's uh, important. Think training for reigning is what it's all about in the circle of the camp. God is training you to reign in a realm that is beyond your thinking, but it's not beyond his thinking. So if we get into his thinking, then we'll begin to see what we're being trained for. It makes things a lot easier in your life. All right, so um, <laughs> I have this saying that it's a waste of time going to the airport to try and catch a 747 when God has a camel in the car park with your name on it. It's quite a comfortable camel. It's a two-humped camel. <laughs> it's got a saddle. But it is going across the desert. And some of us want to, you know, some of us want to take the journey in our own way, but it's, that's our thinking. And so this morning, I believe the word for you is that God wants to bring a change of mindsets to some of you. He wants to change your mindsets, change your thinking in order to realize that, you know, you're part of this Joshua generation that it's going to, you know, take a nation 
for Yeshua. Actually, one thing I want to just say about being in this church in the prayer meeting this morning, it does my heart good to hear the name Yeshua being used in prayer in the house. It doesn't really matter what you use, but for me, it, it, does, it does me good to hear that. He likes it, by the way. He likes it when people use his name. Anyway, that's just a side issue right there. So, so, <laughs> our part in this journey is to come into this place of intimacy and learn to come into the rest of God. Because, the, you know, the moment we try and think with our understanding about how this journey works, about how the circle of the camp works. Remember Psalm, that psalm that we looked at, Psalm 23, you know, I will lead you in paths of righteousness. I'll lead you through the circle of the camp of the righteous, is really what it's saying. I'll lead you through the circle of the camp of the righteous. And what happens, those who you mix with, those who you are, you know, who, who, you know the fathers and mothers who are through years of riding camels through the desert, have come to a place of righteousness, not in their own strength, but in his strength, because they've realized when you're riding through the desert, you realize that actually you don't, you don't have what it takes to rise through the desert. It's actually only through him. It's only through Jesus that, you re that you're going to get through this desert thing. So as we come through the circle of the camp, as we come in through the circle of the righteousness of his thinking, the goodness of his thinking, as we're in the manifest glory and the manifest presence of God, as we're in this circle of his thinking, that's where change comes. One person believes me. We're, oh, two now, we've got progress. Hallelujah. It's acceleration. Now, I just want to thank you for that. Who was that person? I just want to share with you something that happened to me. There is an acceleration coming into the body of Christ. And it's acceleration of God's thinking. It's an acceleration of God's purpose. I had an encounter with God where, um, where I won't tell you the full details, but I had this encounter where... Um, I was told specifically that we're in a season of 148 days of acceleration. So because I'm shifting the atmosphere, if you like, with that, with that thought, what needs to happen now is you need to say, okay, Lord, what are the implications of that in my life? So when things start to happen over the next 148 days or whatever, it's, it's actually the 148 days started a, a few days ago, a, few, a little while ago, but it really brings us up to, you know, the beginning of February and something, there's so much change that I believe is coming upon the body of Christ in such a short space of time. It's actually God invading the body of Christ in New Zealand with his thinking. Because actually man's thinking doesn't seem to be working terribly well. I don't know whether you've noticed. Uh, Pastor Michael see it, I know you travel a lot, and I see it a lot. I see, you know, the wounded, the broken, and the, the hurt, and the maimed, the lame, and this is just the pastors. Yeah, yeah. 
Why? Because we've got the wrong thinking. It's actually we need to stop this straight lining, this walking in a pathway which seems right unto man because it's a good business model or it's a good this model or it's a good that model. You know, let's get rid of the models and start coming into the circle of the camp, which means that, you know, the thing about circles is that you can be walking like this and you're changing directions and you, you know, if, depending how big the circle is, you might not even be aware of it, but the, the thing is you're changing. And the thing I've noticed about God's thinking is he's, he's I mean, if you want a business term, I used to be in the corporate world, yeah, you know, he's into change management. Because <laughs> he's, he's on a mission. He's on a mission to see this nation saved. He's on a mission to see you established in prosperity. He's on a mission to see the church as the voice of the nation as it's meant to be. He's on a mission to see us as a sheep nation and not a goat nation. He's on a mission to bring salvation from, from uh, North Cape to somewhere off Stewart Island. Where the shag's sitting on the rock there. God is, God is wanting to bring salvation into our nation. Which means that we've tried all sorts of things in the past uh, and some things have worked and some haven't and you know all, all that sort of thing, but actually it's God's thinking that needs to happen. So when his thinking comes, what am I trying to do? I'm sort of setting you up a little bit. I'm setting you up for the 148 days of acceleration. I'm setting you up for the, oh God, I don't understand what's happening. Oh Lord, what's going on? It's just a change in direction. It's just the, the circle of the camp of God's thinking coming on to the church. There is change coming to the church in New Zealand. There's change coming to brothers and sisters in the church. And there's change coming outside the church. It's kingdom. And where God is bringing an anointing and an authority into the hearts and lives of the people as they begin to think like him, they begin to look like him. And suddenly when you're thinking like him and you're looking like him, suddenly things change in the marketplace. I need to wrap it, wrap it up, but I just want to share a testimony about how this stuff works. You know, it's about allowing God's thinking to overshadow you, which means sometimes it's going to be out of your box. It's going to be outside your realm of understanding. How does that work, God? I don't know sometimes, but it works. But this is what happened to me, and I'll just I'll wrap it up with this and just... Um, the, the, the deal is that I was in the supermarket. I have the supermarket ministry. <laughs> huh? um, anyway, I, I was uh, going to get something from the supermarket for my lovely wife, Joy. Who, who, that's Joy. And um, I'm a man. And I go to the supermarket without a note. And so I ended up getting all sorts of stuff at the supermarket, except the stuff I was being sent for. 
So I got home. said, where's the whatever it was? Oh, back to the supermarket. But you see, you can react against a situation like that, or you can, you can realize that God could be in this. So I went back to the supermarket, and God was in it. I needed to be in the supermarket at that precise time and place. There was a man in his 70s. He was sort of kneeling down, you know, one of those low shelves where the you know, they're trying to get rid of the stuff out of the supermarket, so the, you know, the marketing people put it down on the low shelves so that they could say, your stuff's not turning over anymore. And, and um, anyway, he was down getting one of, one of those things off the shelves, and he looks up, and he sees me, and he says, whoa, what is it with you? I said, excuse me? <laughs> and he said, all those angels with you. And I said, well, who are you? And he told me his name, and I said, so are you a Christian? And he said, well, I was 19 years old. He was 73, as a matter of interest, just to give you a... When I was 19 years old, I became a Christian. And he said, I, I know God is real, but he said, I went to a church for seven months, and he said, I got so badly knocked around and wounded. He said, I just, I just can't be bothered. And he said, I, so really, you know, I'm afraid that, you know, my... I don't know where me and God stand. And I said, well. I said, the fact that he's showing you an entourage of angels would suggest to me that he's very interested in you. This is like thinking differently, okay? And so I just said to him, you know, I'm sorry about what happened to you on the church. It upsets me. But that's not necessarily how God thinks. So can we just pray? And I said, look, God still loves you. He still accepts you. You know, even if you feel like you haven't walked with him and, you know, don't worry about any of that stuff. It's just, you know, it's just a stepping through and saying, okay, Lord, I just surrender to you again. So here we were in the supermarket. He, by this stage, I was kneeling down with him and he was still kneeling down. He had tears rolling down his face. And old ladies were walking past and running into the baked beans containers. And, you know, there was just absolute chaos in the supermarket. But this is kingdom. This is God's thinking. This is a change of mindset. This is actually getting outside the four walls of the church and allowing God's thinking to begin to permeate into the realm that's out there. The people that are out there, the lost that are out there. God has an answer for the youth. God has an answer for the old people. God has an answer for sort of semi-young people like myself. I'm winding up. Father, I just release, Lord, over this church, Lord, Father. Lord, the 148 days of acceleration, the 148 days into, Lord, we're not going to get caught on the, on the landing of the stairway. I release it over this fellowship. I release, Lord God, your authority and your anointing to bring a change of mindset, a change of understanding, Lord, that will cause, Lord God, the walls to come down and, Lord, Father, the manifest presence of God to be seen in the highways, the byways, the schools, Lord, and, Father, Lord, the hotels, Lord God, Father, the businesses, the factories, every place in this city, this region of Hawke's Bay, Lord, we release your authority and your anointing in this house, Lord, to be 
coming into the circle of the understanding of God. And as I started, I said, God thinks differently than you think. So in this 148 days of being turning on the landing to go up the other way, just remember, he thinks different in Jesus' name.